Welcome to the 20 Podcast. After the gig stories and before the gig music prep with everything in between. I'm your host, DJ Spider. Oh yeah, what's happening my beat sorcerers? What's happening out there? Shout out to everyone who's been listening since day one. Everyone just tuning in right now. We appreciate all the feedback. Everyone's been hitting me with a lot of good questions and comments and listening to the show. Thank you guys so much. And thank you to the team at BeatSource for putting this all together. BeatSource, the new digital music service for open format DJs. But, you know, it goes way beyond a, a record pool and and a, and a store for DJs. They're launching Link later this month. And you're going to be able to stream these tracks straight to your stuff. You're going to learn a lot more about it. Check out BeatSource.com. For more info and to check out all the amazing curated playlists they have for you on there. And that is what's up. You're tuned into the 20 Podcast. I'm DJ Spider. And today we've got a very special guest in the studio. He's an L.A. native. He's one of the biggest DJs in L.A. But he's also one of the biggest bosses in the world of open format DJing, okay? And our last guest called uh, open format DJing fearless DJing, which I like better. And I think this guy's part of that. He's not afraid to experiment, take risks, and do dope shit while he's DJing. Uh, and also, he's not only, I think, one of the most well-rounded DJs in the game, and he's a uh, kind of a... You know, one of the best party rocking DJs in the game. He's a producer also. He's signing artists. He's throwing his own parties. Please give it up for DJ Politic. Wow, what an intro. Thank you, man. Appreciate yes. that coming from you. It's the truth. It's the truth. And we're going to find out more about him. He's an amazing dude, amazing DJ. Thank you for being on the show. My pleasure. Fearless DJing. I like that. Fearless, right? Yeah. The last guy, he he's a DJ spin-all. Shout to him. He was our last guest on the podcast. He's from Nigeria. And uh, he had nothing about open... He's, you know, his name was spin-all because he spins all music, but he said he's a fearless DJ. And I'm like, that sounds way cooler than open format. Open format. <laughs> it's like a scientific... DJing is the worst term Yeah, come on. Can we get a new term, people? Music. Fearless. That's what it's about. And that's what it stems from, right? I mean, you just not afraid to throw a, a curveball in there or, you know, test things out. That's what it's all about. I always tell DJs, I'm like, you got to have balls if you're going to be, you know, a club DJ. Otherwise, you're just going to sound like everyone else. Exactly. Yeah. And you got to have the skills to, like, try that out. And that's where skills come into play. Like, if you're not good and you try something out and it doesn't go good, you fall apart. Yep. <laughs> Um, well, yo, thank you for being on the show. As we said, uh, it's the 20 podcast, and we play songs from the 20 playlist on Beat Source. The 20 playlist is a weekly updated playlist of all types of dope music for open format or fearless DJs out there. Um, and you can see the whole thing on BeatSource.com. Today, we're going to go through uh, probably three to five tracks. So good. let's get into it. This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. Yeah, so first song, let's start off with uh, Pop Smoke, featuring oh, Quavo. Shit. Shake the room. Real, real dramatic right here. It's big on the 12, I'll be with. But I shake the room. Swerve. 
Pop Smoke takes a long time to start his verses, I think, right? Yeah. <laughs> I just love the production. Like, it's so yeah. fresh. It really is. It matches his voice every time, right? Quavo on there. Let's fast forward to the Pop Smoke part. so this is off his new album meet the woo too he's uh, uh actually skimming through it oh yeah on the way here i haven't even listened to it yet yeah good i mean I, like I said, I love the production. I think yeah. it's just fresh, you know? I think we need shit like this. Yeah. Know? Just like crazy drill music yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, and just like different, something different. Yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> it's still slow. Like, it's 71 BPM, but it has nothing to do with the other songs in that sort of, you know, it has its own crazy drum patterns. And I played in Philly uh, over the weekend, yeah. and I saved all these new drill records till the end of the night. Yeah. It was like... The craziest reaction I've ever seen. Like I, you got to like see it with your own eyes because like in LA, you play it and like you know it's no even pe- it, yeah. in Vegas even like you can't really like get away with it yet. But over there right. this is the biggest records of the night. You That's know I mean? crazy. I, is it is it big in other places besides Philly or is that just like New York? Yeah, I mean, all over the East Coast. Right. That's like the the wave right now. Right. You know? But yeah, you're right. It doesn't translate in Vegas or LA yet. I don't think. It's like too like all over the place. Like you have to know it. Yeah, it's also kind of tricky to get like in and out of it. You know. Well, exactly. Yeah, as a DJ, it's yeah. a very either like you drop it to a crowd that knows it, or you have some kind of trick mix. But yeah, the the beat is like nuts. Mm-hmm. Dope. All right, let's move on to um, something else. We got Stormzy, Burna Boy, Stylo G, Own It, which was a song with Ed Sheeran, but Ed, she- Ed Sheeran is not on this remix. It's a toddler T remix. It did Ed like that. Hey Ed, we're sorry, but <laughs> they're like, should Ed be on this? <laughs> no, sorry, Ed. No. <laughs> just kidding. Sounds dope. They sped it up, I think, right? No, I think it's just the same. The dude who produced this record is one of my favorite producers. His name is Fred. I think it goes by Fred again. Oh, okay. It's like a big kind of dance hall Afrobeat producer. Did a lot of stuff with Mr. Easy, I know, early on. Tight. Where is he from? Uh, England? I think he's from the UK. He okay. did all of Ed Sheeran's last album. That's he like the thing song. in the UK just to have a normal name, like that rapper Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Fred. Fred. <laughs> Fred and Dave. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's super dope. And then this is Tabla T. Sounds like he kind of remixed it, but didn't flip it too much. Yeah, that's real dope. Yeah, the Afrobeat scene is crazy. Like I said, we just had Spin on the last one. I mean, he he's he has songs with all those people, you know, Wizkid, Burna Boy, everybody, and he was putting me on to so much crazy Afrobeat stuff I didn't even know about. I mean, it's my favorite genre of music right now. Yeah, me too. I agree. Far, you know. 
Um, all right, peep that Afrobeats playlist on BeatSource. <laughs> yeah, peep that. Shout out. All right, that was a dope track. Let's get into, let's see, a dance track. Purple Disco Machine, In My Arms. Um, let's see where it is on here. It's a nice, eclectic combination. Yeah, we're songs. all over the place, okay? This may not be a primetime track unless you're, like, in a disco house club, but it's good for those event gigs. For those uh, opener or just feeling good. It's at the crib, maybe. Yeah. Driving down PCH. Yeah. Edible kicking in. (laughs) (laughs) I love his samples. He has such great samples. I know. And like you said, it sounds like a sample. And then a lot of his stuff, I think, is replayed. And he just gets it to sound so good. good at that minimal dope funky everything's there for a reason type beat yeah i've always been a fan of purple yeah i'm feeling it i'm doing this all house gig with vice pretty soon so i've been collecting my house my house music saturday right yeah this saturday at sound i'm gonna be here oh tight yeah gotta come through i'm meeting up with them tonight and uh need a little good <laughs> i'm meeting up with them tonight and uh we're gonna go over some music stuff but uh all right purple disco machine in my arms let's see what else we got let's go through one one or two more and then let's learn about the man himself put dj politic yeah. um g easy tory lanes and tyga i know you don't do so I'm the closest thing now. Can we fucking still be friends though? And if you ever fuck it's like Rack City bitch, rack rack yeah. city. <laughs> I like the concept too. Man. Yeah, it's relatable. <laughs> Good message. Got a girl and my girl got a girl too. Scarface crib, it's my world too. My pillow recognize a perfume. Tell a man relax, she'll make it on by curfew. Yeah, this one's gonna go for sure. Yeah. I think he launched it with good timing after the Megan the Stallion video. Yeah. He's like, no, we're just friends. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they did that on purpose. I think Tory Lane's on a hook is like automatic, right? Automatic. Now. Yeah. 100%. Who do you think right. had the hottest hook run of all time? Oh my God. I mean,. Nate Dog, yeah, Nate Dog, Nate Dog, or of the new people. I mean, I don't know. Two Chains has a lot of good ones. Yeah, I think right now Tori or like Sway Lee. Sway Lee's had so many because he's written them for people that aren't even his song, right? Um, all right, that was uh, G Easy with Tori Lanes and Tyga. Let's do another song and then let's get out of it. Uh, Tori Lanes, Broke in a Minute. Tory Lanez never stops working, too, right? Like, he just came out that whole mixtape where he had every... Like, I love that one. ...song, you know, Sample, from 10 years ago. Yeah, resampled. And now he came out with this. Damn, I ain't been broken a minute. Don't get it fitted. Toe off the bow in a billy. Fucking your hoe in a kidney. Fuck up the city. I do not dance 
so jiggy Gun is sucked under this finny, I like it, I spin it I just came right out the jeweler, the ice on my neck and my wrist and my fist, I ain't finished I was just working at Dennis, came back and counted some millions I ain't no regular civilian, red, yellow, green Look like my Sounds neck cool, ain't been broken a minute Honestly, he's might be my favorite artist Yeah, he's killing right it right now. now This is a short song, it's like a minute <laughs> Yeah, I, He's like, here you go. Quick, he's so quick versatile. Track. He do anything. Like he sounds hard. He sounds melodic and like, I know. He's a good singer. Yeah, it's Talk. like perfect for girls. It's like almost like Drake. What are you updated. trying to say? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, we're DJs. You yeah, know? <laughs> we want to make true. girls that dance. That is true. So we got to think in terms of all the people around us. You know? I always quote Adam Twelve. That's his thing. He's like, rule number one: make the girls dance. Rule number two: see rule number one. <laughs> that's the truth right there yeah i mean am used to say that too he'd be like oh I'm, word i'm in the club like i'm making girls dance that's my goal you know what yeah. i mean like i remember having to open for him and i i remember having to open for am and he was like i was like what you know what kind of stuff do i play and he's like just think next uh too close and like that was it that was the only reference point he gave <laughs> I'm like all right cool that's hard yeah uh, and i, I love, was like all I right love that. that taught me everything right there i was like okay i'm going off that um all right so yo that was the 20 on beat source right there and that was the 20 with dj spider so thank you, Politic, for going through the 20 playlist with us. And thank you to BeatSource for putting that together. Can't wait to hear what comes up for next week. And now, as I said before, it's a pleasure and an honor to have you in the studio, DJ Politic. Thank you. He's an L.A. native, like I said before, but he travels the world DJing and rocking parties. He's got residencies in every major market in the U.S. I mean, it's He's everywhere. And he's a young dude, but he's kind of an OG at the same time. I mean, you've been... Appreciate <laughs> we've that. We've been around, yeah. you know... Baby through, OG. Yeah, yeah, you're a baby OG. I mean, we've been through so much, right? We've been around uh, forever since, uh, you know, Aoki was Kid Millionaire and AM was starting Banana Split. No, I remember when we met was right after the Next on the Decks thing. I, right. I don't even think I was 21. I was like... You know, just going out in L.A. Yeah. And hiding in the DJ booth, like my <laughs> fake ID. Yeah. I had always heard of you and obviously AM and Mark. And it was just like, you know, you guys were the, y'all were like, you know, the OGs and also just like the, you know, the pillars of like. The DJ, yeah. I was DJ just kind of coming into it yeah. at that point too. Like, you know, I, I had. I remember, you know, getting to open for Mark and open for AM, like, during that time. And then that was probably when you were coming into the club. And Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, it was basically, like, you. it was you here in L.A. It was, like, you, AM, Stone, Graham, Vice, Adam 12. I would still see Z Trip playing in, some of, the, in yeah. some of the spots. He was still doing, like, little club gigs here and there. And, yeah, like, you guys were... Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's who I would go out to go. See. You know, I'd go see DJ Vice, Stone Rock, Graham, AM. You know, any and then like those BPM parties were uh, being thrown by Matt, and uh, mm-hmm. he was the one that yeah would bring Mark Ronson yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, that was definitely a good time for going out to hear DJs and being inspired. It's beyond valuable. Yeah, not only as a DJ, but now moving more into production and and 
and stuff like that, the perspective. Yeah. You can't recreate that, you know? Like the perspective of being around that stuff, you mean? Or the pers- just the, the perspective that that whole the culture everything around DJing was just different you know it wasn't it it was very you know it was a lot more eclectic and open-minded I feel like now everything is a little more like segregated right more like you're either a hip-hop DJ or a house DJ or right you know kind of in your lane where there was like all the lanes and you know now I feel like it's still people are open-minded now but at the same time it's kind of like isolated also if that makes sense no i, I think know. you're right it almost it, it like we went through something and then went back in time again like because it used to be okay what kind of dj are you i'm a house dj i'm a whatever you know hip-hop dj i'm a funk dj and then there was the time where it all broke through and am and mark ronson everybody sort of like mashed yeah. it all together and then it became this melting pot of everything and the open format thing was born yeah. but now it's going back to like oh what is that that's a hip-hop club that's a hip-hop night that's right. a hip-hop dj okay we need that's the house edm or whatever you want to call yeah. it kind of dj so it is going back to that and then some i feel like club owners or party bookers are like have this nostalgic thing where they're like we you know do an open format set like it used to be where i'm like well it has to be the right kind of party you know like right. almost like that spot sunset at um the addition hotel like places like that where maybe the crowd will be older or more, more open to it yeah. yeah um so they'll be open mm-hmm. to that but i think the younger crowds are more like yeah i want this i think mark had a had a great uh, TED talk like a few years back. I think the yeah. topic was you've probably seen it where he was talking about sampling and it was so good the evolution of sampling. Yeah, and he mentions uh, basically how there was a point in time when like basically technology was like this um, moment when technology and music everything kind of just like accelerated really fast. And I think that that is what you know created that moment in time in dj history and i think you're right history. yeah you know that like little you know stretch where it was like just awesome right and like everything and i'm just so grateful that i got to witness that and was kind of a part of it i mean i was very yeah. young but just soaking all that in yeah and now working on music just having that perspective not being so you know one-dimensional yeah looking at it more well, i think way. your sets still reflect that you know what i mean i think you're good at um yeah. You're very good. Like I said, you're a very well-rounded DJ, which I, I, I'm saying as like a big compliment, I think, because yeah, I you that. understand all the different parts, you know, like uh, from beat matching to dropping to scratching to, to, to all the other business parts of being a DJ to everything, you know, f- from when you're in the booth and not. And I think that um, even nowadays, like you've evolved with the landscape of the way everything has gone and your sets when I... I mean, we're DJs, so we don't get to hear each other that much, but I have heard you over the past few years and like your sets are still eclectic, even when you're in that constrained environment, Yeah, you know, that's a goal. Honestly, I have, Yeah, I feel like that everyone's always asks DJs or artists, I guess, like what differentiates yourself. Yeah. And I think that, you know, first of all, it's really like taste, right? When you walk in and you hear a DJ for like 20, 30 minutes, you can basically tell like if they have good taste or not a hundred percent. You know what I yeah. mean? So that I think is the most important thing that I try to make sure 
you know, people that walk in that have good taste in music aren't just hearing the same club records. Right. It could just be one song, you know, yeah. just play one song that someone yep. that has good taste. And those are the people you want to fuck with you anyway. Yeah. Right? You know, like exactly. those, are the, those are the real tastemakers that probably will book you for that dope party or tell their friends or even probably the ones spending money. Right. And they'll tell their promoter friends, oh, this is like my favorite DJ. He plays, you know all these dope rock records yeah like things that no one else plays so i think that's an interesting point like mm -hmm. the the fearless thing or the curveballs you throw in might be the reason that you get booked somewhere it might also be the reason you don't get booked somewhere you know you're taking a risk but like that's you could do great and be very generic and do really good and people aren't going to remember you you know you have to have that differentiating factor of like playing some weird song something you know oh he, he dropped that or he did he went into this you know that's gonna yeah. set you apart. well i mean again it's all it's all taste you know just because you play a throwback song doesn't mean it's gonna be the right throwback right song, you know yeah like i still play um you know, like rage against the machine and you know like aretha franklin and like just completely left field yep. records at like prime time in vegas where like you might play the wrong record prime time in vegas old one and just kill the dance floor yeah and everyone's just like staring and looking at you but you know i've just again it's like experience yes it's a lot of experience and there's no real shortcuts just like instincts too yeah know? i feel like i have good instincts that's helped me a lot with like song selection and timing you know how it is like time dj totally. is all timing when it, it comes to like yeah the throwback stuff yeah and the transitions and just getting in and out of it you got to really take them on a journey right just be like slamming and have you have to gain their trust like you can't just immediately you know it's like a comedian like coming in and trying to tell like their biggest joke the second they get on stage they have point. to build it up like oh you have to show them like you said play give them little hints of who you are taste wise as a dj give them little hints of what's going to come but also make them happy get them in the palm of your hand and then you can go as crazy as you want do the weird transitions cut things out you know and then i think nowadays it's evolved more into mic work which wasn't really a thing before but now you have to be good on the mic which you can implement within that you know like that can help sort of jumpstart the crowd to be with you in a way yeah i mean i think the mic work is really just kind of to showcase your personality a little bit yeah. and make it a more personal experience right keep people engaged um i do a little bit of mic work i feel like you're I'm, good on I'm, the I'm mic all right yeah yeah all right and <laughs> I, I wasn't good before it was like vegas that really got me i know vegas, same you know you gotta work the mic in vegas Right. And everyone's just there to have fun and they're looking to you to like guide yeah, them. Yeah, you're the MC. You right. Know? There's no one else telling them what to do. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you got to tell them what to do. Like Lil John was a video, the scam <laughs> video he did with, I think it was Ross's video. Yeah. He's like, tell them motherfuckers what to do. <laughs> Yo, I forgot about that video. Shout to Ross One, Lil yeah. John. You got to look that up online. It's like That's Ross One's so promo video and he has Lil John coaching him yeah. <laughs> on the mic. Yeah, so great. It's hard being a DJ and having to be on the mic now. Like we said, like AM would never get on the mic. I'd hear him say like, thank you for coming out or something, you know, mm -hmm. but it was all just speak with your hands type thing, you know. I feel like he would have probably 
been talking a little bit. Oh, for sure. I think he would now, but, but it just wasn't a thing before. It was like, if someone did it too much, it was whack. And now if they do it a lot, they're like, unless they're annoying, then they're good at it. (laughs) I think really, if you break it down and think about why that became a thing, the mic DJ having to be on the mic is more so the evolution of like EDM and how DJs became acts. It is, right? yeah. In Vegas, uh-huh. when you go see a DJ, you're going to see an act. Right. And most of them have songs that people know, right? So they're like singing along to the songs. Oh my God, it's DJ Spider's last big single. Like yeah. they, they know who you are. It's like a whole thing. So if they don't know the DJ, you got to kind of, you know, make up for that and put on some sort of show or, you know. It's more yeah, like you're right. Act. I think that's really why. why not? Yeah, no, it is. It's for sure that it's it's... That everybody's used to looking at the DJ. Yeah, and the so, clubs got bigger, more lights, more spectacle, more CO two being sprayed on people. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I know I'm still, I still try to get better with the mic. You know, every every time I do it, and it depends what setting I'm in. Like when I was opening up for Blink One Eighty Two, that was like the most mic heavy thing i had to do you know because people are just literally standing at the front barrier staring into my eyes oh yeah what are you about to do and i'm like hey how you feeling out there that made me get way more comfortable those situations are like yeah essential yeah like in in vegas uh at the palms when i would open up uh, over the summer for some of these bigger artists when yeah their people are literally there to see that artist i know they're looking at you like who the fuck are you? I know. You know? <laughs> I mean, that, um, yeah, that used to happen to me even back in the day. I remember having to do these, like, MySpace shows, and they would have an artist, and they'd have me opening, and I remember the whole crowd just chanting the artist's name. Oh, my God. <laughs> at, to me. And I'm like, yo, you got, like, 45 minutes. I'm about yeah. to keep DJing. You know, like. Well, you, that's why you got to talk to them, and you got to make it pers- personal, because otherwise they're just waiting for the artist yeah you're you know? right and this was gonna win them over totally this was way before the mic days for me too so i was just sta- standing there like in hell like I'm okay i'm gonna do my best job ever you know djing but but it's hard um yo so you like have had a like we said or you know maybe baby og status you've yeah. had a pretty long career in the open format game you know or in this dj game or whatever we want to call it um and I think that, um, like we said, we care about our skills. We care about mm-hmm. our taste as DJs. Um, but there's also elements of the business and relationships with people. Mm-hmm. Um, how much do you think, like, is there, you know, uh, that would you um, give credit to, like, your skills versus your relationships or is it an equal balance or, like, you know, to be able to, like, basically build up your career to what it is today like a, a national internationally known open format dj that gets to tour around and stuff it's funny i just watched an episode of pensado's place yeah murda beats oh yeah yesterday okay and murda says that the the music business is 80 percent business and 20 percent skills and talent uh i would probably say it's a little more talent but definitely leans more business and relationships and you know i feel like um you know i I feel like it to be successful in anything you gotta really have a little bit of both yeah i think that for me 
you know, I, I think it's, yeah, I think I balance it really well. I mean, I, relationships, it's just, there's no shortcut to that. You know, it's like a lot of things you really can't control, like growing up in LA, for example, yeah. you grow up in LA or New York or any big market you're probably going to know more people. Right. Like you said, you're not even 21 and you were yeah. allegedly in a yeah. club. <laughs> yeah. So I you had got my, to be around all that before you were even. I was blessed that I had an older yeah. brother and I was always hanging out with older kids who right. would go out. And at that moment in Hollywood, again, it's like um, Malcolm Gladwell. What's the book? Um, outliers. Out, outliers. That right. One, yeah. Exactly. So you know, you get that advantage, that yeah. leg up from being around. Bill Gates was around computers before anyone exactly else, you know, yeah. or the, the uh, yeah. sports players. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like that moment in L.A., night uh, nightclubs, there was really only like one place to go. Yep. On any given night of the week. It was probably Brent Bolthouse or um, the Alliance was doing one of the nights. Yep. And I was friends with older kids and I would go and I had a fake ID and I would get in somehow and I was just exposed to this crazy world meeting people meeting promoters DJs club owners whoever it was and it wasn't like I was doing it intentionally it was just I was trying to have fun I was so mesmerized by this whole yeah of course world and I was yeah. already so passionate about music I was DJing high school things and this and that and then you know again it's like it was a perfect storm like Mark said in that in that TED talk it's like perfect storm Serato just comes out i go to like concord on a wednesday ams i think it was like one of the first times he was using serato and i'm just watching him do the mixes and i'm like holy shit this is the craziest thing ever because at that time i had like a handful of records and like cds basically right. you know i was on napster downloading just massive amounts of mp3s yeah but i had no way to play them yeah and now i'm like oh my god i can play the cds on or the mp3s on vinyl yeah like, fuck this like i'm going all in on this shit crazy now, you know so um so yeah it was uh just persistence and being at the right place at the right time um but really just persistence and not being you know annoying and forcing things but just you know having a vision and staying true to that you know yeah yeah i think that's that's the other thing when people say, oh, relationships and business and all that. They have to be authentic, genuine yeah. relationships. And you have to be an authentic, genuine person. You can meet all the people you want and try to pretend you have relationships. But yeah. if you're a real person, then the people will be real exactly. to you. Exactly. But if not, then... I hate talking about it even. like Exactly. You know, but I think that the reason why, only reason why I want to talk about it is because I think some of our listeners are like younger DJs and they don't maybe don't understand like that yeah. part of the game or they think, I got to practice 24 hours a day and then they never work on the business part of it. Yeah. Or they work on the business so hard that then when they get the opportunity, they have no skills and they suck, you know, or they have some fake resume where they, yeah. you know, it's like, just be real. I think the mo one of the most important things you said is no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. It doesn't matter. You know, you have to put in the time of being at the places, being around the people, and figuring out who you do vibe with and who you want, who you are yourself, and who you want to become, and then how you can yeah be cool with people, bring yeah. value to the table and yourself. Just like be your be yourself. You know, yes. like really be yourself. Like yeah, don't be afraid to be yourself. Like for me. Um, 
like I said, I grew up going out right. and just as much as I loved the music yeah. and the DJing side of it, I loved the culture of nightlife. Like right. I, I've made so many great friends and, and I've met so many great people through that, that, um, it's like a balance for me, you know? And, yeah. um, I always knew like, I'm not going to like, I'm not a turntablist. I'm not like that culture doesn't really speak to me as much. Right. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like going out and being social and like being a little more in that world. Yeah. Versus just like scratching and, you know, right. Focusing on routines and like all that stuff. So I try to just take a little bit from that world, you know, like yeah. I'll, I'll scratch and do tricks a tiny bit in my sets just to like add flavor and do things like that. Right. But to me, it's more like about song selection and taste and timing and, being able to like connect with the audience yeah um and that's just yeah like balance really is what it is right that makes sense yeah. and like you said you're um going way more into music production now you've been i know in the studio like all the time right um yeah so uh so i'm sure that all the things we're talking about are now playing a part into that part of your life or you know the type of sort of transition you're trying to make into really putting out your own music and, and you have a remix coming out tomorrow, yep. right? Um, this'll, this podcast will be out in like a week, but, uh, go check his remix. I'm sure it'll be up on DJ city yep. and everywhere. Um, the, the St. John goes. remix. Yep. St. John and Lenny, uh, a lot of music coming out this year. Basically Dope. last year was a big year of just figuring out, you know, what, the sound is and locking in features and really yeah. just learning, you know, I'm all self-taught, like self-taught producer. I was never, never went to music school. Yeah. Um, and it's just been a process and I've been patient and it's like I said, it takes time, you know, there's no shortcuts. Right. And a lot of DJs just put out music just to put it out. Yeah. You know, it's like, Oh, I have to be doing this. Right. It's going to like change my life, but I'm just, you know, I want to learn as much as I can. And then when I feel like it's ready again, trusting my instincts and relying on that, then it's yeah. ready. So, so I think, you know, a lot of stuff coming out this year finally and so, I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to like be proud of what you want to put out into the world, you know, and, mm -hmm. and feel like you're adding something to the game and the, the music game, the DJ game or whatever type of genre you're working in. than just, doing it to do it and try to elevate your career or yeah. like get more gigs, you know, when then it's just going to be some whatever song. It's very tough for us too, because we have such a wide range of taste in music. Yeah. So when we start making music, we want to make everything. We want to make everything. everything. And then we'll yeah. collab with people and be like, Oh, I love what you do. You're a trap producer. Oh, you're moon baton. Oh, you make house. Oh, you make hip hop. When we want to do everything yeah. that that's what happens to me too. Yeah. And I think there's almost like, sometimes a stigma against bigger DJs that like, oh, they're just a DJ. When it's like, what do you mean? Like, like we've worked this hard to get to this point. Obviously, we're going to know in the music production, you know what I mean? Especially if we take the time to learn the craft and learn how to do all the stuff, you know? Yeah. With, with the music production and, you know, transitioning from a DJ to producer, I think I've talked about this before. I think it's all about having an identity. Yes. And it doesn't even have to be an identity with the music. The music doesn't have to have a consistent sound. 
right. DJ Khaled's music doesn't have a consistent sound. He just puts out hits with the biggest artists in the world. Yeah. And he has this crazy personality. Right. You know, that's his identity. So totally. whatever it is, you just have to have that figured out. You know, yeah. are you just a guy that's making trap music? Great. Like, yeah, that's then focus on that. If you're trying to do everything, then there has to be something else. You know, you got to have <clears throat> the big artists on your songs then, you know, yeah. be that, be that guy. Right. You know? And that's kind of what I've been trying to figure out. And I think basically we're like here. Dope. Yeah. Can't wait to hear it. Yeah. We'll have a part two of this podcast and we'll be playing his songs from the tw- so. on the 20. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's dope. And um, this sort of plays into what, I mean, you, you sort of spoke on this a bit already, but um, like I was saying, I feel like you have been able to evolve um, through the different landscapes of the nightclubs and events and parties and, and as it goes. I mean, we've seen it go from so many different evolutions of the way, even the way just Vegas has been to everything. Um, do you have any advice for people like in respect to like the marketing or like, you know, should they stick to one thing or just keep trying to adjust? Like, like you seem pretty good at your marketing. Like mm-hmm. you're always like updating your logo a little bit, your, your look, your pictures. Mm-hmm. And you know, like we said, the business part of it, as well as the music you continue to put out, different things and do stuff. I think you got to always invest in yourself. Yeah. I think a lot of people maybe are scared to, or, you know, everyone's in a different financial situation and manages their finances and kind of plans in different ways, but you can't be scared to invest in yourself. So whether it be your branding PR, if you're, if you're putting music out, Invest in PR. Yeah. You know, because no one's going to hear your music and you're working all the, those hours and you're, you know, thinking that this song or this remix, whatever it is, is going to change your life. But if you're not paying for promo or marketing, then chances are no one's going to hear the music. So, right. Like the people on your social media, you're preaching to the choir. They already follow you. You need, you need to get it out to a bigger yeah. audience. And, um, yeah, like do the, you know, do the the promo videos and and give the bookers, give your agents ammo to go out and get you jobs cuz you know, there's a million DJs. Yeah. We're there's you know, like 10 million now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so I know. There's so many and there's now DJs that are popping on social media too. Yeah. For you know, whatever reason it may be. Right. Motor, or model. celebrities that are already famous that are right. becoming a DJ that are going right. to have a leg up on your... Well, that you was know. already happening, you know, back in the day also. Right. The celebrity DJs. But now it's like not just celebrities. It's models, yeah. promoters. Anyone um, popular. Fucking NBA players. <laughs> like Von Miller and Shaq are DJs. Right. Um, so think about that. Think about the competition. So it's like you got to give your agents ammo and um, not just expect shit to happen. Right. You know? So invest in yourself. Yeah, a lot of people want to blame the, oh, I need a manager, I need a booking agent. Like, that could do nothing for you if they have nothing to push, you know. And even if you give them endless, that's the other thing I've noticed. Some DJs will give endless material. Like, I'm, play- I'm making all these remixes. I'm making mm-hmm. all these edits. But, like you said, they haven't solidified who they are 
in the world as the DJ or their persona or anything. So it's hard to still get booked at that point, you know? And, and like, what are you trying to get booked for just to do anything? Or you sort of have to like pick your lane and then you can go out from that lane, but at least master your own yeah. lane in the beginning. I mean, there's no, there's no exact playbook to this shit. No. You know? As you said, you grew up here. That's what people say to me. Oh, what's, what's some advice on how to like get to the next level or how'd you do this? I'm like, I don't know. I was lucky enough, like you said, I was born in L.A. I came up going to raves. I was 16 years old seeing right. these DJs. I couldn't believe right. it. You know, I, I already had a window into, like, I'm going to do this, you know, when I'm a teenager. Um, and then you just have all the opportunity around you, and, and then you – everything is timing, you know. Like, it you meet someone – I met AM randomly in Las Vegas at a trade show because he walked in the same place as me. And next thing you know, he left something in the booth. I had to return it to him and I'm opening at his club. You know, things yeah. just happen. You never know. I think the, the best advice maybe for the younger DJs who are trying to figure all this shit out right now, 2020, is going to be keep up with what's ahead. Like stay two steps ahead and really... You know, if, if your if your career is stagnant, then look at what's coming ahead and get on the forefront of that. Yeah. You know, like whether it's a genre of music or a you know, a TikTok, whatever social media new social media trend, whatever it is, like stay on the forefront of that and be the leader of whatever that is. Because yeah. then that opens up the doors to, you know, a whole new new world for you. So when that starts to go, oh, you were early on it and you were the guy preaching this yeah. two years ago or whatever. True. You know what I mean? I feel yeah. like that's a, a also important, you know, staying aware of what's coming. Yeah. You know, that's how a lot of the established guys, you know, stay on top. Yeah, exactly. Stay aware of what's coming and also like, don't be afraid in your DJ sets to play, you know, risky songs, but also in your DJ careers, Make moves that might be risky. Invest in yourself, like you said. Throw a party that you've always wanted to go to. If you, oh, there's this kind of party should exist. Throw that party. See mm -hmm. what happens. If no one comes and you don't do a good job, cool. But if that could turn into some huge party that then you get to tour around the world, you know, like, mm -hmm. oh, I always wanted a dance hall mixed with this kind of party or whatever yep. it is, you know. Try those things. Try out different series on Instagram, you know, DJ videos or, you know, anything. And mainly go out, meet people and, like, stuff like that, I think. You yeah, know? that's the direction everything's gone as far as the parties go. People want to know what they're going yeah. to. They want to they wanna know what to expect. Right. Before, we would just go out to a club and we'd be cool with that. Yeah. Like, we're going to go out, and it's probably partially because the, you know, DJs and clubs – aren't as great as they used to be. Yeah. Right. So now people go out to clubs and they're like, ah, oh, I don't know if I want to go here or there. They don't know what to expect. Right. But if you go to, uh, everyday people or the do over or any of these new events that have an identity, you know what you're going to get. Right. That's, I think very important. And I think made. they have an identity. You know? They're multi genre, but they have an identity, which yeah. is cool. And with the club, it's so hard to get in at this point. So much money, so much effort that like people are like, yo, do I really want to be treated like shit at the door, pay all this money and then come in and the DJ sucks. Yeah. And, and there's people when back in the day when I was going out when I was younger, it was, you would go out, there's a dance floor, there's yeah. places to kind of hang out. Now it's like, 
if you don't have a table, yeah, bottle you're not service. standing in the DJ booth, what are you going to do? I know. Like stand around your dick in your fucking Exactly. Beard. I know. That's what I noticed when I was in Miami going out in Wynwood. It was such a opposite feeling of that. It was actually like great. Inclusive, yeah. Yeah, people are sitting on bleachers, rolling blunts, and then other people are eating chicken, and then other people are dancing, and then people, yeah. it's like all over the place. And the DJ was super open format again. You know what I mean? Shout to DJ Kaz. He was playing crazy all over the place set, and it works, you know? So I think that those kind of clubs, people are like hunger, you know, thirsty and hungry for that kind of vibe again. Yeah, I mean, it's not really much the clubs can do at this point because they've designed a lot of these clubs to be that way. Right. To cater to bottle service. And if they don't get it, then they're out. Yeah, and that's why (laughs) the club goes out of business. A lot more of these events popping up and a lot more of these parties, house parties and warehouses and weird shit. That's where all the cool kids are going because that's the wave, you know? Yeah, it's true. I know. And like we said, that's what was going on 20 years ago, kind of. Yeah, you know, it, was it all parties. comes back. You yeah. Know, it's all cyclical. So. Yeah, it really all does. That's dope. Um, do you have any memories off the top of your head of like being around AM back in the day or Aoki or something where you saw like something that really made an impression on you, like either from DJing or just how they were conducting I, there I have so many but <laughs> i know the first one that jumps <laughs> just one yeah. mind um was i was djing at lax it was i must have been like i wasn't 21 for sure i was like 20 maybe yeah and um it was a thursday night that brian toll was promoting so uh brian is our friend for people that don't know that now owns hwood group which owns a bunch of the hottest clubs and restaurants in LA. Yeah. At that time he was a promoter on Thursday nights. AM was one of the partners at LAX. I was opening for our other friend, John Aljum and <laughs> DJ blend. Yeah. And it was like DJ blend. Shout out DJ blend. <laughs> Shout out DJ blend. Um, it was around like 11 or something. I was, you know, I was DJing and pretty nervous. You know, I was like first yeah, time playing at LAX. I'd been there so many times and am walks in the booth and i'm like you know mixing and he's just like in the booth i think talking to some girl or something and he like comes from comes behind me and uh i I was like in the middle of a mix and i finished the mix and he's basically like you know you should you know turn down the faders and let people hear that you're mixing you know let people exaggerate the mix you know like when if you're bringing in the drums from one side you know take them in and out so people can hear that you're mixing. Yeah. And I always remember that because that's actually, I feel like a great tip because sometimes people don't really hear, you know, you're in the club, you're talking this and that. You don't hear the little subtle things. So yeah. exaggerate them. Like if you're bringing in the drums and one song. That's great. Yeah. So that was like a moment. Uh, there were like plenty of, those, no, that's that huge. That that's, ones. that's so subtle and huge at the same time. Yeah. Like that makes perfect sense. You know? Yeah. Uh, and there was like a Rain 56 mixer and he was just like got on and he like did a, he like played one mix and he was like, you know, like this. And he's like, boom, like up and down, like let the drums in, let the drums out, like exaggerate it so people can hear that there's a mix happening and it's not just like, you know. Yeah. Like, and he was such yeah. a genius <laughs> yeah. that he was like so in tune with that. Sometimes I do things I don't even think about why I'm doing them or why they're working, but 
it helps to analyze it it stems from from that really yeah like he he was so good at the details the little details right and just little things like throwing his name into a mix where it would fit you know wordplay wise Mm -hmm. or um yeah just those crazy wordplay things he used to make too and put on myspace where it would just like go word to word to word yeah i was trying to find those man yeah crazy that's Kevin dope. Scott probably has. Yeah, probably. Kevin Scott, I'm sure. We've got to hit him up. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Um, do you? So you grew up in L.A. and you were DJing. You said, what, house parties and stuff coming up. When did you actually start DJing? I started DJing in my bedroom like maybe 13, 14 years old. Okay. Um, just same way every... DJ probably started like Gem- right. Gemini starter pack. Yeah. Okay. Belt drive. That's what I was going to ask. Like <laughs> bought a handful of records. I don't even remember where got the records from. Probably like the oh. warehouse or something in right. the Valley. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, um, I grew up in Encino. So somewhere around there. Okay. Um, and yeah, it was just like messing around in my room. I was always very nerdy and tech savvy. So I was early on Napster early on, having a high-speed internet connection, so I was downloading the most, yeah. you know, and um, my brother was passing on a lot of music to me. He was, like, big into classic hip-hop, and my mom was a musician. Um, from She grew up in Russia, moved here when she was 14, so she um, gave me a lot of music as well. So it was just kind of getting music from my family online, buying some records here and there, fucking around in my room, and then um, eventually had enough records to just go and play like tiny little house parties, like high school house parties. I was literally bringing all the equipment myself. And then right around, what? when did Serato come out? 2006? Yeah, 2005, 2006 yeah. probably. So 2006, so I was like, uh, what was that like 18? I was like around, right around 18. So like right at the end of high school is when Serato dropped. And of course me being the nerd that I am, I had to get it immediately. Yeah. So I got it and I already had this vast library of music because I was downloading all of it illegally. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, um, from then I started filling in for some of my older friends that are DJs like Grant Shapiro and Marshall. Um, I think Grant Shapiro actually, yeah, he let me open for him at the original Guys. That was like my first club gig in hollywood amazing um, that was one of my first club gigs in hollywood yeah. too i remember brian toll was the promoter yeah i had to bring my i had to bring that was vinyl for me i had to bring the turntables and all my records <laughs> to guys yeah i think you know probably some older djs some of the like ogs like yourself and some of the others probably you know look at me and they're just like oh he's like never grinded he never carried crazy no i don't think that stuff yeah i feel like some do but you know i'm just grateful that i got a taste of that world because now i feel like these new younger djs are so entitled and have no clue that that even exists yeah it's way different you know for me i definitely that's one thing maybe i took a shortcut i guess you know that i didn't actually have to build Cause you got to go to the store and buy the vinyl and it's like a very personal. Yeah, that thing. is true. But I don't know how many people can say that, that are not like my, you know, pretty old at yeah. this point yeah. <laughs> because the, 
a lot of people can ha- have been DJing for 10 years and probably never bought a record at this point. It's funny because I buy vinyl now. Right. I have like a pretty decent vinyl collection now. Yeah. Like going back in time and I love going back to Amoeba and yeah. just buying records. Like probably just going to sit and... You know, yeah, like, but it's nice to have a collection, the physical yeah. items, and you can put them on. And yeah, and it's funny because vinyl sales go up every year, thirty yeah. percent. Like I know. every year they it's go crazy. up. So um, there is something still, you know, um, about the like physical, tactile feel totally. of the music. Yeah, even in the studio, um, I feel like uh, analog gear right now is coming back for also, sure. From what I've heard, oh my god, I've been I follow some of those like sample pack. You know, mm-hmm. companies, cymatics and stuff, yeah. or cymatics, and they, uh, it's funny because they'll be like, yo, we found this keyboard. It's called a Rhodes keyboard, oh and we're going to record it. And I'm like, in my mind, everybody knows what that is, of but course. really, they don't know. They're kids. They're like, this is an amazing sound, and it is, but I learned by hearing, like, Tribe Called Quest and going, what's that sound? And then hearing the funk right. record or the jazz record. But, um, yeah, all this analog stuff is, yeah. I think they're realizing why it existed and then it ha- like we said it's all cyclical it all has to all come full circle and people have to learn themselves just like kids and adults like adults could tell you what they've learned like listen you, you're gonna learn you know you gotta do this but you're not gonna do it until you do it yourself you're not gonna True. learn yeah so same with all the analog stuff and djing but I, I think that at this point i mean you can't say that you need to have bought records and carried crates to have paid your dues because there's so much stuff yeah. <laughs> i just never had the opportunity to really right it, it never existed um or at least i didn't have the capability to spend i mean vinyl is expensive you know and i didn't know about yeah. record pools i mean at that time they probably weren't even letting in some random 16 year old kid into a, a record pool where you're no. getting vinyl sent yeah. to you, you yeah know? exactly so and I had I didn't even know that stuff existed. It was just like the timing of everything. But I'm still glad that I got a taste of it, or at least still appreciate it to this day. Because I feel like it's important, you know, to be committed to what you're doing. You know, yeah. I think yeah, that's it's really it it's good to I mean at least know the history, mm-hmm. learn the history. Yeah, and and that's something I really enjoy. It's like just learning the history and doing my homework. Um, I think it's just important, you know. Yeah. Pay it forward. Yeah, for sure. You got to know where this all came from, you know, to know how to like sort of honor it and then know how to move it forward the right yeah. way, not take it for granted. I think that's the hard thing people have with new DJs that, you know, come from other worlds that they feel like, oh, do they respect it enough? And I think when they see people like Shaq and they're like, okay, he really loves it. Okay, we'll let him in. Like, we'll, we, you know, we give him the respect, you know, because he actually respects the craft and not rather than some other people that just kind of buy a computer and do it, you know, just to do it. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's kind of like you said, it's more about doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. And staying true to that. Yeah. You know, whatever that may be, you know. Right. Yeah, exactly. Whatever your reasons for Mm -hmm. for doing it are, you know. But, I mean, that's how whenever I felt out of touch with things, I have to go back to, like, why am I doing this? You know, and if I can't put my finger on it, then I'm like, then I shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. It's funny. Like, this kind of a full circle moment for me is now working on music. Yeah. Really, I got into DJing because I was – 
really obsessed with hip hop really young. Yeah. And obviously a part of being obsessed with hip hop is you start to um, figure out who's producing all the records. Right. right. So I started really doing my research on like producers and I was like a producer nerd. And then that became a DJ. I don't know why I didn't start making beats, but I went the DJ route and now back to the producing. And that's yeah. kind of like why, how I got into this to begin with. Yeah, exactly. Producers. Yeah, yeah, it all stems from something, you know. Was there some certain song that made you want to become a DJ or something? Or like, um, got you, you know, like, oh, I want to buy this on record and play it or, or download the MP3? It was just once I started figuring out that hip hop was all samples. Right. And it was, it became like a, almost like a game. I was like, got to figure out where did that come from? And this is before who sampled and any of these websites. Yeah. Oh, you had to, it was so hard to figure yeah. it out. Well, you had to go in the liner notes right. and look at the credits and be yeah. like, okay, sampled from wherever. I thought that that was really fun. And I was like really early Kanye fan, like really early. Yeah. I remember, you know, all the- Just his beats. Just the beats, yeah. yeah. And I remember there was a show, 50 Cent did a show 2003 at the House of Blues in LA. And it was right before Get Rich or Die Trying came out. And the tickets were like crazy expensive. I was, I went with my brother. We were like obsessed with 50, like we yeah. listened to all the mixtapes. And, you know, the album In the Club is like the biggest song on the radio. Yeah. And we're going to the show and we get there and Kanye is opening for him. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Kanye's opening for him. No one knew who he was, or at least, not many people. Yeah. I knew who he was just from being a producer. And he was just on the mic telling him, you know, my name's Kanye West. Y'all don't know me, but you're going to know me very soon. That's amazing. Did Jesus Walks through the wire. Um, so, yeah, he was opening. And that was right That's before crazy. college dropout, I think, right? 2004, maybe? Yeah. College dropout? Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was all very inspiring time for me, that era yeah like late 90s early 2000s that's dope yeah that's a good time i mean in the club was like i remember that was that was when it was going from vinyl to to digital because i remember having doubles of in the club it was such a hard record to mix in on record because yeah. it had that weird beat in the beginning and i was like i'm trying to get this on like you had to get it perfect too because you're on vinyl so be, oh, i remember yeah, everyone yeah. wanted it and it would go dun, dun. No, no. It's and like, like off beat yeah like right? as a dj on record it was so hard for me i was like yo this record's killing me it's the biggest song ever and i cannot figure out how to mix it in finally i got it and i was like damn and then yeah. luckily like it moved to digital and people like vice and hollow boys vice and echo made like some edit where it starts with like yeah yeah where yeah. the fuck's the waitress at with my drink or something oh, those were so good yeah we talked about those i talked about those with eric recently yeah so good oh so good all the hollow boys to this day i still have them i play i still yeah. play them uh that'd be interesting actually we were talking about beat beat source and sort of the future of monetizing uh remixes and obviously all the original yeah. songs artists will get paid royalties when djs spin them but It'd be interesting to see. I'm not sure. Um, we'd have to talk to some of the beat source people, but if you can monetize remixes, party break. edits, party breaks. <laughs> I wonder, like yeah. Because if that were the case before, Eric and Vice and all them would be 
making millions off. Right, or they'd be making money for the people. Be faithful. Think about it. <laughs> no, it's, cra- it's but crazy. But I wonder if if that would give credit to the. I don't know how the rules work. That would yeah. give credit to Faith Evans or you know what. Well, it, everyone what it would is. probably get a piece. You yeah, know? it would all be negotiated. But the remixers, it depends. Sometimes they get bought out. Sometimes they get yeah. percentage. Yeah, we were discussing earlier. A lot of you guys out there have been hitting me like, "What's Beat Source? You know, what's the difference between DJ City and and I was talking to Politic about it and just saying how you know DJ City has all the newest edits of all uh, has the newest songs and edits of all the different genres but beat source is really everything it's going to go back in time you're going to have access to everything and once it launches as a subscription service you're going to have access to these afrobeat playlists motown this that new old and they'll be having the real custom edits just like DJ City but on beat source so it's you're not just going to be limited to one thing plus it has that locker system where you can stream it live but you can also prepare for your gig download it into your computer so you're not streaming it and then play it that's and, the key you know and then i think all the data can be tracked so unless you're really not into that like the site they're going to be able to know your taste better build you better playlists show you more stuff you're going to be giving credit to the artists and hopefully people will be making more money and getting paid off of stuff so i think it's all good um all the beat source stuff that's going to come out and hopefully that gives you guys like more of an understanding of what's what's to come you know i think it's great where the direction everything's going at first i was very um not skeptical, but just right. kind of set in my ways, thinking there's no way DJs are going to be able to, um, you know, rely on these services. It's like we need the files. We need right. the MP3s. Like we, need, yeah. we need the control. But um, I think they're finally figuring it out, and, and it's great from an artist or producer standpoint because so many of these royalties that clubs pay publishers and all these um, – PROs and stuff right. end up going to artists that don't have songs played in clubs. Yeah. And the guys that do have songs played in clubs aren't getting their fair share royalties, producers, writers, artists, everyone. I think that we live in a time where the data is all available now. Right. Technology is, is ready. So might as well really start to push everything in that direction. So it's just fair, you know? Yeah, totally. No, I agree hundred percent. And I think that people worried about the streaming thing, but number one, I've DJed off streaming and it totally works. But number two, you're going to be able to download it into your system, into like a locker, the same way you would off Spotify have offline mode. You'll have that for your DJ track. So, and the cool thing is that then if everything starts to get integrated, let's say you show up somewhere without your computer, but it has the link service. It'll have all your stuff ready to go too. You'll have your playlist. Crazy. You just roll up to the CDJ and just, Boom, crazy. I'm in my account. Like being on Netflix, you go to Park City for Sundance, but you still log into your Netflix account and you go, oh, I want to finish that movie, you know? So you can log into your Link account, I'm sure, and then just, okay, boom, I got that set I was working on of these songs. And um, I think, you know, it's, and this is just the beginning. It's not even out yet. So I, I think there's a lot of room for growth within that. And the people that are against it, I mean, Sure, just like anything else, go buy vinyl. You should keep buying vinyl and yeah. keep doing everything you like to do. But I do think that this is something that should be embraced that, you know, people just need to learn more about. Yeah, I'm with it. Um, 
I put online earlier um, some if people wanted to write in questions, and I think we got a couple of them. Um, someone named DJ Dan Brown wrote, cats or dogs? I think I know your answer, but. <laughs> well, I have a cat. You have like an amazing yeah, cat. I so wait, what is the deal with your cat? It's it like from the zoo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it should be in the zoo. Uh, he's a Bengal. So they okay. come from a, uh, Asian leopard cats. Wow. So it's like the most amazing looking yeah. cat. And he's a special one because he's gray and the gray ones are a little harder to find. Crazy. But, um, I'm not actually like a cat. I don't say, oh, cats over dogs. I grew right. up with dogs and I want okay. to get a dog. It just doesn't fit into my lifestyle right oh, now no cats are dj animals yeah because you could just leave them for That's a while and you're good dogs yeah. like it's really hard yeah so it's not that i like cats or dogs i actually love all animals i'm very good with all animals um but if i had to pick it would have to be cat just because of the maintenance okay level you know there you go dan brown we're going cat but we love dogs yeah and judging from your profile you have a picture of a dog i'm assuming you're a dog person yeah. <laughs> i love dogs so. we love dogs yeah i got a little rescue dog and she's great but so much work to deal with like you said yeah. it's insane. i mean i want to get a big dog i want to get like a german shepherd or like a husky eventually when i have more space and not traveling I know that's the truth. I need a big dog just because we got crazy coyotes where yeah. I live, and they're like trying to attack and yeah. eat my dog. Yeah, <laughs> like well, you yeah. have like, you know, Wells and I know exactly. I got a family. Got support. Yes, if I I could never have a dog I'm alone. by myself. I mean, fashion does it somehow, but he's like yeah. one of the only dog DJ people I know. Yeah. Everyone else, I is just cat. have so much going on to throw that into the equation. Having to take oh them to no. My advice: and, don't get a dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you want the dog to have a good life too. You know, you don't want to go in in and you know, like having to go this and that all the time. And I feel bad when I have to leave my dog that much. Um, all right, someone else had a pretty good um, question. I'm, I couldn't find their name, but I saw it earlier. They said, um, "How? What do you use, if anything, for hearing protection?" So that's a great question. Yes, it is. Oh, DJ Greg P. He said, do you use anything to protect your hearing? Traditionally, I haven't. Basically, I have some custom earplugs that I wear when I'm done DJing. I know. Me too. Yeah. I'm supposed to wear them when I'm DJing, yeah. but it's so hard. I'll make it through 20 minutes of the set, and then I'm like, I got to take these out. Yeah, it's a really unfortunate thing. I actually got my hearing tested recently, and I do have some hearing loss at um, 4K, at 4K frequency. Is that like is, the mid? Kind yeah. of, me too. I had the same thing. That's My doctor told me that's kind of the first frequency that usually starts to go. Right. And I'm going to get new earplugs. I think what happened was I just got earplugs that were taking away a little too much. Right. You know, I think it was like 15 dB. Yeah. So I know. it was too much. So I, I just have to go back and I'm literally have a reminder in my phone to call and make an appointment. Uh, I got it too. I know. I, um, well, I tried the different. I tried the 18 dB, the 15, the 10. And then I noticed when I went to the lower ones, it did that thing where I couldn't hear enough and it was annoying. But also it let in enough that it still made my ears ring. So it was, mm. it was almost pointless. Well, I think any protection is probably better. Yes, totally. You know? And then a lot of people do the in-ears now. I bought in-ears. Like, 
I bought the crazy in-ears that have a microphone inside of them and then mm. I have a pack and I can hear outside. I can turn up or down what I hear outside as well as in the headphones, but I never use them. I don't them. think I could <laughs> do the in-ears, yeah. I mean, I've tried so many times and that I feel like is the key to still enjoying your DJ set and keeping your hearing but it's so hard, you know, or just keep the headphones on and keep the monitor. Do you blast the monitors? I, not anymore. I used to, used to, but, or sometimes I do. And then later I go back to the hotel room and I'm like, oh, that sucks. I wish I wouldn't yeah. have done that. <laughs> yeah. I but it's hard. I blast the monitors. I think do as much as you can. Like he said, anything is better than nothing. It's really hard. But, and if you can get used to the in-ears or the, uh, custom earplugs, do it, but it's really hard. Yeah. I think if you, yeah, if you can, if you can get used to them, do it. If not, at least get them and wear them when you're done. Or yeah. if you go out to a club when you're not DJing, yeah, wear, wear them. them, you know, because exactly. anything will help. I know. All right, we got, let's see, one more. Dave the Ruckus wrote us, I let a headliner borrow my needles. He said, yeah, I fudged up. Damn, you done fudged up, son. Um, he <laughs> said, and then... The headliner messed up one of the needles. Do I say anything to him? Obviously, I messed up. Okay. Um, depends who it is. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Is it Shaq or is it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You probably, uh, you could say something. <laughs> I mean, it's a tough call there. It, was, it depends maybe what kind of needle it is. Too. Yeah. If it's one of those sure ones that are like $100 now. Impossible then, yeah, to replace. You say something. I mean, that's the hard thing about sharing your shit. You know what I mean? Or like you lend your headphones to someone that's like sweats so much and then oh, they give I them back. That. That's can't. why I hate sharing headphones. Disgusting. Yeah. Like yeah. if someone's like a super no. sweaty DJ and like, here you go. I'm like, yo, I, you can actually have those for your, the rest yeah, of your life. No, sharing headphones is no... No, sharing headphones, needles. I mean, rarely is someone going to mess them up. How do you mess up someone's needles? You got to be like pretty faded or like banging on something. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't used turntables in years, so not I know. a problem I run into. So you're, you're, what do you prefer? HID mode on yeah. CDJs? Mm -hmm. That's the, that's the go-to. Do you ever do, um, USB sticks like mm -hmm. with record box or just USB sticks with just the files? I have, um. There's a program called Record Buddy. Okay. That basically syncs all your Serato cue points with Recordbox. And do you do everything like your whole your whole playlist or do you like I just want this folder? Yeah, I have a folder that I just put together just to have I usually have a SD card I just put in my wallet. Oh, just keep what it a in good idea. Wallet. Yeah. And uh if I at a party or wherever yeah. and there's this, some some decks, you know, just plug in. I think it's that's honestly I wish I could switch fully to record box. Right. But it's just not as fast. Right. Serato. Yeah. I don't know how, like, how to explain it. But no, like, you need that extra speed. You can search for songs now and, and it's, you know, if your crates are organized enough. Yeah. Like I've done full, like in Vegas when I was doing all the pool parties uh, at Chaos over the summer, I was right. doing only record box. Oh, wow. I don't even bother with my laptop and during the day in Vegas anymore. Oh, it's not worth it. No. And the new ones overheat faster than so the, fast than the other ones. So I just go full record box, but it's just loading the song. I know this is like probably insane, but the couple millisecond it's not even millisecond, it's probably like a full second when you load the song in record box. Where in Serato it's like instant. 
You know, no, I can't handle that little yeah, waiting. It's like a tiny little lag. And then if you do double, if you use instant doubles, like you can't do that on, um, oh, that's, you know, if you like bring, right. Bring shit back and do that. Um, so there's little things that just, they haven't ironed out. Right. I feel like they will soon, but I would love to switch fully to that and just, I know come to the club with yeah especially even doing i'm doing this all house set on saturday and i'm like should i be doing usp just to like fit in you know but but i'm so much more comfortable on my computer it's like it's tough same you know i think but you can switch so i could just make a folder of these are all the songs i want to play i'm going to put the cue points on them and then i could just record buddy that only yeah i don't have to do everything yeah exactly okay yeah that's dope yeah it's a very useful tool record buddy if you you know i think it syncs serato tractor and record box right so for the tractor users i gotta look into that all you tractor mm. users messing us up mm-hmm. no i'm just kidding <laughs> shout to tractor um that's dope all right cool well um do you have others like you said you're coming out with music you have the saint john remix that will be out uh when this podcast is out you can go download it on dj city yep and everywhere that you get music um is there other things that you want to talk about that are coming out or should people just follow you on social media and you start posting about it when you're ready yeah uh just more remixes that I've been sitting on that are finally done and going to be coming out. Dope. Um, original music finally nice coming out. Um, I'm putting together a little project um, that'll have a couple artists that you know about. I can't talk about yet, but okay, all good. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's just been a process really getting artists on songs because right. for us, that's really you know what's going to differentiate songs you know yeah having like just like a random person on it or a big artist i think that's um you know i feel like what really will you know incentivize other djs to play the songs you know what i mean totally um are you coming to them with just beats or with like fully song written songs with like a songwriter as well coming to the artist or i've honestly trying at all (laughs) i've been doing everything i've been just throwing darts the board for like the last year and a half okay you know like building the studio um building relationships with songwriters with artists with um managers and there's so much that goes into it when you're doing it independently mm-hmm. you know people say oh you don't need labels anymore you don't need um publishers just like yeah. do it on your computer and put it on soundcloud it's like right no like sure you could do that but you may not get the result you want yeah i mean again it works maybe if you have a specific sound and you're really locked in on that and and you build your audience yeah you build your audience and you have kind of like a movement going but for what we are trying to do you know my my uh project is hip-hop and dance hall afrobeat some uh, up-tempo dance stuff so right it's kind of like all over the board and the only way you can kind of like tie that in together is with big features right yeah. so um it's just been a process you know getting getting people into the studio spreading the word um investing in the studio you know right. um having the right gear the right mics the right preamps compressors um the right producers coming through and uh collaborating you know yeah um and it's just finally coming together you know that's dope i can't wait to hear it 
That's yeah. like super exciting. Um, tight. All right. Well, uh, check out his remixes online and check him out at DJ Politic on all platforms, right? Yes, sir. It's at DJ P O L I T I K. Okay. Politic in the house. Yes, and sir. And check me out at DJ Spider on Instagram at DJ S P I D E R and uh, on Twitter, D E E J A Y S P I D E R. Um, thank you for coming in. We really Thanks appreciate for having it. Me. Yep. Drop some gems on us. Yes, sir. And um, that's what we do. That's what we do. So, DJ Politic on the 20 podcast. Thank you for coming in. I'm DJ Spider. The 20 podcast is produced by Beat Source. Join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. Peace. Peace.